This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. I have shared geopoliticist Peter Zian's concerns over the coming end of China and thought that I would share George Friedman's similar take on the threat. 34 of 50 top Chinese real estate developers have defaulted on debt. Foreign investors are pulling out of Chinese stocks and Chinese capital investment in general. Beijing is no longer rolling over maturing U.S. treasuries needing the cash back home. George Friedman says that China is at a point of no return. He notes that one of the greatest underlying myths of the past years is that the Chinese economic miracle, and it was a miracle, is eternal. He sees China weakening, becoming less of a force, and the People's Liberation Army as an internal security force. It's not going to attack anyone. This China is not part of China. Their factories don't sell in China. You can't sell those products to people who are at a subsistence level agricultural life. They're extensions of the West. These factories are part of the American economy, the Australian economy, the European economy, but mostly the American economy. If the American economy stops buying because we have a recession or we increase our savings rate, then what happens is that the rate of growth of exports fall and their ability to cover their debts falls. What you're seeing in China right now is the government scrambling badly to use what are actually quite limited reserves. Two trillion dollars isn't what it used to be, and is simultaneously trying to get demand going in the interior of China, which you can't do with 600 billion dollars. That's just not enough for 1.1 trillion people. Secondly, they need to cover their banks, which are in very deep trouble because of their cash flow issues. Thirdly, make sure that they're putting enough into the American economy so the American economy doesn't slip into recession and stop buying G.I. Joes from China and everything else that they sell. So he would argue that China has a double whammy on it. It has reached the stage that Japan and Southeast Asia and Eastern Asia reached at a certain point, and it reached it about in a 10-year cycle. Japan hit the last cycle that China is hitting now. The Japanese collapse came with America's recession in 91 and 92 because they were exporting to us and we stopped buying. A very similar phenomenon occurred in the 1990s, although somewhat more complex, having not to do with the United States. This recession is not particularly hurting the United States, but it's clobbering the Chinese. If this hadn't happened, they still would have had their non-performing loan problem, the very low rate of return on capital problem, and the fact that 1.1 billion Chinese are furious at being left out and having their land stolen. One of the ways you get loans in China is through land, and when a company needs more loans, it needs more land. The company official goes to his cousin, who is the assistant governor of the region, and they take land. You can read in the newspapers about land riots and so going on in China. George Freeman notes that when you ask the question, if China is doing so well, why are they so obsessed with security? Why are they violating human rights? Why are they doing all of those things? Two answers are possible. They're incredibly wicked people who don't appreciate the fact that they could live like Australians if they just stopped it. Or the Chinese know a great deal more about China than the Westerners and they know that they are in trouble which is a very long way of saying that it is a very important question because one of the great underlying myths of the past few years is that the Chinese economy, and it was a miracle, is eternal, and that it can go on and ad finitum, and will go on. Japan in 1990 had in the industrial world the lowest rate of return in capital, which means they sold a lot of products, but they didn't make a lot of money. 
Friedman's uncle had a dress business. He sold dresses for $9. It cost him 10 to make it, but he figured he'd make it up in volume. In many cases in Asian economics, you've had a very narrow profit margin, and the rate of growth does not reflect the health of the economy. In fact, as a rare case of his uncle, a very good Christmas killed his business. You really have to take that very seriously because we tend to focus on growth rates because some of the disciplines of non-Asians will mean that a high growth rate will mean profit. But there is a connection between the two. One of the things we learned in Japan is there wasn't. They had an extraordinary high growth rate. It hollowed out their banking system leading to the crisis of 1991 and froze out the country. China now has that problem. When Japan went south, as we say in the United States, the ratio of non-performing loans, in other words, loans that you're going to stiff the bank on to GDP, was 17%. When Korea and Taiwan ran into trouble, they were 23%. If you believe Chinese official government figures, the number in China of non-performing loans to GDP is about 40%. He thinks that's optimistic. The Chinese economy has reached the climax stage. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits. Futures trading involves risk. The risk of loss in trading futures and or options is substantial, and each investor and or trader must consider whether this is a suitable investment. Past performance is not indicative of future results.